When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive in, make sure we're hitting the like button and the subscribe button on the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. And make sure you're following all the other social medias, at Coach underscore Steve72 for Twitter, at Coach Steve72 for Instagram. And, you know, checking out the Facebook page at the Coach Steve Show. Uh, So go check all that out. Subscribe, like. Uh, The podcast can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. So please follow it, rate it, leave a review on Apple. It goes a long way. helps out the algorithm, which, of course, I do not understand. I don't know if anybody understands. But go do that for me. So welcoming you all back into the show. Make sure you check out the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com and check out all the podcasts and blogs and all other entertainment outside of sports there. So Belly Up media so at bellyupsports.com this podcast is also brought to you by coach stone football and is back to the basics books and drills football coaches summer football is upon us and we've been searching drills and if you're still looking for a drill to be get more simple or back to the basics coach stone has taken all the work for you you will never have to look up another drill again i promise so go to coachstonefootball.com and click on back to the basics drill manual section and you'll find books and everything on there for a whole bunch of drills so let's dive into today's show. I hope everybody's having a good having a good Memorial Day, Memorial Day weekend. 
long three-day weekend for most if you you know enjoying it with friends family maybe you're outside doing all that stuff um i am currently quarantined for five days so we i will be inside but don't worry i can still sit outside and, and do that stuff just yeah just quarantined for a little bit it's all good um so let's dive into today's episode um it's not going to be a long one just just some things that happened brian kelly was interviewed on a podcast and brian kelly had some things to say about going to lsu why he's going to lsu he was also asked about notre dame and what's been keeping notre dame what what is holding them quote unquote back from winning a championship so he had some thoughts now is it newsworthy maybe maybe not do guys say this all the time maybe maybe not but let's talk about this we've talked about notre dame before Notre Dame is a historical college. It's, it's a historical place. It's had great football teams, and they're still a good football team. They've had ups and downs, but they have not won a championship since the 80s. And we've talked about fans like this before where they've won championships, and then they try to still live to that standard, but they have not won a championship in many years. They've gotten there a couple times, but they've lost to Alabama and everything. But fans still hold on to those championships, saying this is a championship franchise or, or college or team, and I understand that. But if you haven't won in twenty some years, can you 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 could still try to be up to those standards of trying and wanting to win a championship and be up there. But at the same time, you got to kind of let it go and kind of realize who you are and still try to build to that. But just just let it go, just let it go. But Notre Dame has been close. They have made it to the championship, but they've lost to Alabama, who, again, Nick Saban has done a great job with that. Um, There's times where Notre Dame loses some games, so they don't even get there. They just get to a bowl game. That's just what they are. Now, Brian Kelly has been was at Notre Dame for for many years, won a lot of games. And if you look at it statistically, you know, they've produced a few NFL players. They, They were scoring points, had a decent offense. You know, their defenses were up and down. Overall, many schools would have taken a Brian Kelly statistical year at Notre Dame at their school. Can't deny that. But things are said about Brian Kelly. People don't like him, and understandably so. People don't like Notre Dame, understandably so. So I am indifferent about Notre Dame. I don't really hate them. But I'm not rooting, rooting for them. I will root for them on certain games. Believe it or not, Notre Dame is a team that you, I guarantee, watch on TV. Because they have their own network. They're on TV a lot. I guarantee you Notre Dame is on your TV. If they play 12 games, I guarantee it's on your TV six times. Half of the time. Half the weekends, I guarantee you, you have Notre Dame on. Just like the Dallas Cowboys. I guarantee you, you have the Dallas Cowboys on your TV at some point. There are just teams you don't like. But they'll put them on there. People that don't like this team right here, Alabama, guarantee it's on your TV. So he had a couple things to say. Brian Kelly said that Notre Dame is close. He goes, we were very close at Notre Dame. He goes, but what I don't understand is he says, we were just a few recruits away. He said, what was holding us back? Well, 
certain dynamic players, you know, whether it's talking about the back end, you know, back end is running backs or back end is defense, but he's talking about corner safety, talking about wide receiver. He goes, we're just, we're, we were just a couple playmakers away. He goes, but we got tight ends. We got defensive linemen. He goes, but then he talked about how hard it is to recruit to get some of these guys to Notre Dame. And that's what was holding them back. Now, is he wrong? No, they were playmakers away. You know, they didn't have this quote-unquote elite quarterback, even though Ian Book was there forever and did pretty well. Um, They had linemen. They had running backs. They had some tight ends. They were missing sometimes a deeper threat in the wide receiver game. Um, Their defense wasn't up to snub all the time. But to sit there and say, well, why didn't we win? Well, because of recruiting. It's hard to recruit to get guys from the South up to Notre Dame. And I get it. It's cold. It is hard to do that. That's what people say about Michigan. How can you convince someone to not go to Florida and go to Michigan where it's cold? People have said that. What I hear are two things. One, I hear how, I hear what he's saying. He's talking about playing Alabama or whoever in the championship game and that they have just better athletes. So that I get it. But what I'm hearing is you guys didn't recruit well, number one. Number two, are you blaming the players? Now, this is just maybe me reading too much into that, wanting to find something to say about Brian Kelly and his time at Notre Dame. What it sounds like, those excuses, instead of coming on and just saying, hey, you know what, at Notre Dame, we were pretty close. Um, You know, we do have to recruit maybe. If he said they have to recruit a little bit harder than other schools, fine, whatever. But to say, you know, he could have said, we have to recruit differently. We have to try to do this or that. And other teams around, you know, are getting the facilities and everything else. So Notre Dame is, you know, we have, we need to, they need to upgrade them there. And then just say, you know what, we made the championship games and as coaches and as players, we just didn't get the job done. If you would have said something like that, there would be no, nothing to be talked about. But for you to go on and talk about, um, you know, we just, we're just a few recruits away, we're, you know, or, or everything else and everything like that. Like, oh, we we're just a few coups away from, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, we were missing this. And that was the difference. And Notre Dame was just so close. Just so close. Um, that doesn't sit real well with me personally. Because you're kind of calling out your recruiting. You're kind of calling out... Um, your coaches and you're kind of saying something to your players about how they didn't do everything they could. Um, that kind of, that's what I look into it as now. Am I looking way too much into it? Uh, absolutely. Probably. But at the same time, you've got to choose your words differently. And he wasn't done speaking about this. You know, they, when they asked, Brian Kelly, you know, on the decision to go coach in the SEC at LSU, and he said his number one thing, I want to beat Nick Saban. That was his reasoning when LSU called. Now, I hope that Brian Kelly realizes that he is a booty call in sort of ways. He's, you know, not the first choice. They wanted other people, and he would just happen to be, he was the panic hire. They just... They panic hired because they couldn't get some of these big-name guys, which should be concerning if you're an LSU fan and to people around. When they couldn't get 
Lane Kiffin. They couldn't get Lincoln Riley. They didn't get Billy Napier. They didn't get Mario Cristobal. It became, well, you've already gotten rid of Coach Ed Ogeron, who ultimately, a part of me thinks he should have gotten another year. But this was a panic hire. They just went around the league and just said, hey, I wonder who has a good winning record. Blah, blah. Oh, Brian Kelly actually has a winning record at Notre Dame. Blah, 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 blah. Let's call him up. And they call him up. Yeah, so apparently the only reason why he took the job was to beat Nick, to beat Nick Saban. But before we dive into, now he's got to beat Nick Saban, let's check out this article. I want you guys to think about something. Yes, you've had, we've all had interviews. You want an interview. In this world, you've probably had phone call interviews. You've had Zoom interviews. But let's talk about coaching world now. If you're listening to this and you're not a coach, never been a coach, think about if you're applying for a new job and you have to go in for an interview. Most likely you get a tour of where you're at. You go to the place and you kind of see what they're about. You get a vibe. You know, you, you get you get shown around. So think of this from a coaching perspective. Coaching perspective, when you go talk to a, f- a head football coach, athletic director, and you're head- interviewing for a head job, uh, basketball even, you're going for an assistant job or a head job. You go to that school, you go there, you get a vibe, and most likely they give you a tour of what it's about so you kind of have the full scope, especially if you're a head coach because as a head coach, you kind of want to see, okay, what am I coming into? Uh, what are the facilities like? What are the locker rooms like? Um, you know, What kind of fields do we have? What kind of equipment do we have? And that kind of, that kind of helps you with your decision, but it kind of also gives you a feel again there's vibes and there's vibes to everything what would you say if i told you brian kelly didn't even visit lsu didn't even go there he was on a podcast called the varsity house podcast and he said i never visited it was the alignment between the president the athletic director and knowing that you were going to go into a program that had all those things in place and you were going into a situation where you could compete with alabama and auburn And play those teams you wanted to go beat. So I know those facilities were in place. It was the challenge. It was the ultimate challenge to come down here after being in the Midwest my entire career. Where most people said, well, you can't do that. You can't go down there and win in the SEC. You're not from there. So it was probably the challenge to do it. And the alignment of the athletic director and president that were together wanting to provide resources necessary to win a national championship. So let's just go there, for example. So he already claims that he's seen pictures or been told about the facilities. Okay. Now, again, am I reading too much into this? It's possible. But I'm thinking from a perspective of my last talk ever um, to go be hired as a coach. And let's just go from a football perspective. The high school I'm at now, talking to the head coach there, going to talk to him. He explained the facilities to me. We walk through the school. You get a vibe. When you're outside, he goes, yeah, we have this practice turf field here, and then we got the game field here. So you had a vibe of it. Now, this is high school, and I wasn't being the head coach. If you're the head coach, even though you're getting told about the facilities, you trust the facilities are there, it is LSU, so they're probably top-notch. But at the same time, I'm not saying that that was going to deter him, but, but again, I blame the early signing period because Lincoln Riley left pretty quick. Didn't do the same thing. You get told whatever. I'm not saying LSU doesn't have facilities, but as a head coach, you think you would just fly down there, talk to these people in person, walk around, get a feel for it. And it might be a vibe thing again that you don't. So it was just kind of shocking that 
he was just like, okay, you know, you would think Notre Dame would be up to par with LSU because Notre Dame is Notre Dame. So that was kind of shocking that he didn't go down there. And then, you know, he's like, and one of the things that motivates him is, oh, you, you're, you've coached at Cincinnati. You coached, I think he was LSU. He was head coach at Cincinnati and then uh, goes to Notre Dame. He's been in the Midwest for a long time and that whole thing. Well, then to continue on what he said, he says, I want to beat, beat Nick Saban. Who doesn't want to beat Nick Saban? You know what I mean? I want to play him in the regular season. That's the standard. Now he's in, now he's a conference opponent. Um, but then apparently he talked to LSU. All right, Nick Saban. He said last month Kelly talked to Saban, who held the LSU job from 2000 to 2004, about the position before taking the job in Baton Rouge. Um, there's certainly a trend for success at LSU. The past three coaches won national titles: Saban, Miles, and Ed Orgeron. They all hosted up trophies to win a national championship. Kelly got a 10-year contract worth $95 million in November to be the coach. He is a 113-40 in 12 seasons at Notre Dame, including 11-1 in 2021. He replaced Ogeron, fired and missed a 6-6 season. So he had a few things to say. Um, I think he's talking about Notre Dame that way because his players, they didn't even really care that he kind of left. Um, how hard they were pushing for Marcus Freeman to be the coach. I just don't think a lot of people liked him as a person. I, I can't say that for sure, but that's what you hear. Now, the competitive side for him to say, I want to beat Nick Saban. Cool. I understand that's the standard. I understand that as LSU, that's who you're trying to be. And I know that Ed Odron kind of set that standard of we've got to beat Alabama, and then that's fine. If that's the only reason to go to LSU is to, you know, for you to stand there and say, I went there personally because I want to beat Nick Saban. I want to beat Nick Saban. That doesn't sit well again either because it's not about you. It's about LSU. It's about the community of Baton Rouge. It's about those players. So, again, maybe at home you're saying, you know, in – to be competitive, you want to go be Nick Saban. So while you're at home, absolutely, you're sitting to cover at your own home. You're saying that. You're saying, I want to be Nick Saban. I want to be a coach that beats Nick Saban. But when you're telling it in public on a podcast and everything else, it's not. It's going to come back to haunt you because you start losing there and say, well, you're just focused on beating Nick Saban. That's what I think is going to happen with Jimbo Fisher. There's going to be something in the back of his mind at the beginning of the year that he just wants to get to Nick Saban on October 8th. And I think they could stumble in games doing this. Brian Kelly is probably going to stumble for a couple reasons. One, recruiting to LSU. Two, I'm telling you something's not right with LSU, the way the Ed Odron thing went down and how they couldn't get coaches outside of him there. Three, if that's all you're worried about, that means you're looking towards the future of when you play them, and as coaches, you can't look towards the future. You've got to focus on week one and take it one week at a time. Now, is Brian Kelly a good coach? Yeah, I mean, you can't. it's hard to argue because of his record. It's hard to argue because he was the head coach of Prestige College of Notre Dame and now he's head coach of LSU. It is hard to, to, to say one way or the other. But you not even going down there to talk to them, you not even going to a tour of the facilities, you not getting a feel for it, um... The way you left before your team even decided they, you know, because they, they had a chance to make the playoff, and you left. And then to come out and say, I just want to be Nick Saban. 
Now, that could be a part of it. You could say, I came down here to win a championship for LSU. I came down here to win a championship for the community. I came down here for the for the players. Yeah, you want to put coach in the SEC because there's a bunch of great coaches. You want to go up against them. And then when you start talking about the standard, you could say, hey, Alabama set the standard. Yeah, we all want to beat Nick Saban, and that's part of it. There are – so – I think I understood what he was saying, but you have to say it differently. You have to present it differently. And as a prestige head coach in Division One, you need to present it in that way. And he did not present it in that way. So now more than just people like me are going to start talking about that. And I'm sorry, Brian Kelly. I don't see you beating Nick Saban anytime soon. And if for some reason one of your teams beats Alabama, that would be their only loss of the season. And they would still make the playoff probably and still win the college football championship. So I don't see LSU beating Alabama. They just don't have the talent. They played them very well. But that came down to Ed Odrod and that staff getting them to play hard. So I'm sorry. I don't see you beating them. I'm sorry. But um, Brian Kelly and LSU, they will not beat Alabama this year. You can take that to the bank and mark it down. Coaches, football coaches out there, why? if I still got you, again, we're heading into summer ball, and I want to talk to you guys about protecting the offense and defensive line. we got to protect the big guys in the trenches because if you think about it, it's the best position of football because they're going to hit every single play. But think about it. You start putting your pads on in the summer. They're doing individual drills. Um, if you do any type of team drills, I mean, it's a lot of hitting. Then you get into the season, they're doing the same thing, you know, on – especially Tuesdays and Wednesdays they're hitting, and then they get to the game Friday and they're hitting. Um, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce their repetitive blows. Those guys take take each and every week, and it's Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps can help reduce that impact up to 33%, which is huge. Um, and it's good enough for you because it's worn by over five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Georgia, Alabama, Penn State, and Oklahoma, and all the big-time guys. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. And I know money's an issue, and I'm here to save you money. I know how it works. So if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps and use the code 15 off, it's going to save you 50% off your order, no matter, how, no matter how many you buy. If you buy 10 of them, use the code, it's going to save you 50% off. They've got a bunch of different colors for, to, to fit uh, what you guys have. A lot of schools are switching to them. Some of them are almost required because of how good they are and how well they work. So guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps, or just link, click the link in the description below and Use the code 15 off at checkout, and it will save 15% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring this podcast. Let's talk about my Illinois men's basketball fighting Illini team. We've talked about before because they keep reloading. Brad Underwood rebuilt this program, and now he's at a point where he ain't rebuilding no more. He just reloads. Illinois made... The headlines once again because they get another transfer and they get another one from Baylor University. He gets Matthew Mayer from Baylor. He is a top transfer that entered the transfer portal. He is six foot nine, two hundred and sixteen pounds. He originally went to the NBA draft. Um, he attended the combine, but he had some injuries. Um, he will bring size and athleticism to the University of Illinois. He chose Illinois over Memphis, North Carolina, and Texas Tech. So that's huge for Brad Underwood and his staff to get this guy. 
When he was at Baylor, he was on Baylor's national championship team. He was a junior. He ranked fifth on the team in scoring points with 8.1 points per game and made 111 threes during his four years at Baylor. His senior year, he averaged 9.8 points per game and five rebounds and 33 starts. Um, so it, it, here's, a, here's a quote from an article. The 2022-2023 Illinois basketball season continues to shape up into a whole new look for the team as they continue to look for ways to travel deeper into March after two back-to-back second-round exits in the tournament. Underwood has retooled the team with transfer for his own. So here's all who came to Illinois. The center, Dean Daja from Baylor, Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech, both transferred to Illinois this offseason. Um, they're going to welcome in a bunch of freshmen. Um Onto this team, like Sky Clark, we've already talked about, Ty Rogers, Jade Nepps, and Century Harris. Right now, Brian Underwood subject, um, projected starting five looks brand new in every single position with people leaving and people to the transfer portal or they're going to the draft. This is huge for the University of Illinois. Brad Underwood, love Kofi Coburn. If Kofi Coburn came back, you'd have to put Illinois still on that, winning the Big Ten competition title game, title competition, you know, in the top and everything else. But Illinois over the past years with Kofi still looked to get the ball down low. They could slow the game down. Brad Underwood, and I said this on a different episode of the show, he is looking to be fast. He's looking to be lengthy and he's looking to be super athletic. Hmm, What was a team that did that? Oh, Kansas is like that. Oh, Baylor is like that. And they win championships. Brad Underwood wants to win a championship. He loves winning the Big Ten. He loves competing in it. He wants out of the second round in March. He wants to bring a championship to Champaign-Urbana. It says something about Brad Underwood to get these five-star recruits to come to Illinois. It's something else about him to go talk to these guys that enter the transfer portal to come to Illinois. He and his staff have done a great job to convince them to come to the University of Illinois. Again, Brad Underwood is in a position now where he's not rebuilding. He's done with that. He came in. He's done his thing. He need, he, he's, he wants to continue forward on these tracks. He is just rebuilding. He's not rebuilding no more. He's reloading differently. Illinois this year is going to be exciting. They're going to be able to shoot the ball. They're going to be lengthy so they can compete in the rebounding game because we've talked about through all the Illinois season. When Illinois, even with Kofi, didn't rebound, they weren't winning. Some teams can get away with not rebounding great and winning the game. When Illinois didn't rebound, and you could look at it, they did not win. They gave up leads when they didn't rebound. So Illinois is going to be fast. And one thing that kind of hurt Illinois at times is how they could defend above the three-point line. When you're lengthy, Illinois may not have a quite true center this year like we did in, they did with Kofi. But now they can really work five out, really move the ball around. They can really get out in transition. They will be able to, hopefully, with, with the coaching and how lengthy we will be, they will look to be able to defend out by the three-point line and be able to contest a lot of shots. They will be able to make people uncomfortable, and they're going to be fast. I think... You know, Coach Underwood and his staff see the way the Big Ten is shaped, even though we had Kofi and we could slow it down and work, you know, into the post. It was kind of hard for some teams because he is big. 
Um, you saw with Purdue, they were able to do some of that, but they didn't go win a championship either. You look at the teams that are winning championships, they have kind of big guys, sort of, but they're not Kofi Coburn size. They are fast. They're able to spread. They're able to go five out and no in. They're able to maybe keep their five up by the, the free throw line and do different things off of that. And the big thing that they can do is defend and bother people with their length. That's what he's trying to do right now. To get a, and a guy, and then on top of that, what you're able to do with the talent is to have leadership. You're getting transfer guys that were on winning teams. You're getting a guy that's won a national title. He's able to come into the locker room with Brad Underwood and staff and describe, like, this is how to win a championship. This is how to elevate these guys to win a championship. And... That's what Illinois needs. Illinois needs this type of leadership. Illinois needs this type of talent. Illinois needs this in order to compete to win the Big Ten again, whether it's the Big Ten Championship Tournament or the regular season, and elevate that. And it just proves how all-in Brad Underwood really... I mean, if you had any questions, this is just showing how into it he is. And... To, to go after some of the people out there. Remember when people wanted Brad Underwood fired twice? We lose a couple games when Baylor won the championship and they want him gone. This year, people want him gone. Again, those are not the fans that we all need to be listening to or associating ourselves with. But isn't it crazy how Illinois fans think we have the right to think we're Duke or whoever and we have the right to say we want coaches gone? Like, I don't understand that now. Five years from now, we're in the exact same position. That conversation could be had, but I don't think I will ever have that conversation because who are you going to bring in? Who are you going to bring in to compete to win the Big Ten every year? Because the Big Ten is a meat grinder. Who are you going to bring in to do that? Brad Underwood is our coach. He can stay around for as long as possible, as long as we're winning and competing. He's bringing in these guys. Now, it's not one on paper, obviously. We have these guys on paper, you know, so we're, we're talking about, you know, this is the expectation. This is probably what's going to happen or could happen. They have to perform that way and get them to perform that way. But Brad Underwood has proven staff turnover this year, brought in a new staff, a lot of new staff, did perfectly well. The staff is coming back. So they're coming back with this talent. Chester Frazier has been huge for Illinois with coaching and recruiting and getting guys here. And it's not just who's coming in next year. Even the year after that, he has had good recruits already commit to the University of Illinois. He is preparing for some of these guys to maybe enter transfer portal because it's a new thing that he has to deal with. So enabled to know that he's got good recruits coming in, these five-star, four-star guys coming in, just says a lot about him and his staff. And proving that he is all in to try to win a championship, win the Big Ten. They're going to be lengthy. They're going to be able to play defense. They're going to rebound. They're going to be able to move the ball. And he wants to score points. And he, but he's big on defense. So he believes being lengthy can compete in the Big Ten. And he knows getting into the Big Ten tournament, they have to have length. Houston had a lot of length and was able to rebound. And that was an issue for Illinois. So I think that's what he's trying to prepare for. If, if we can get through the Big Ten, if we win the Big Ten, great. But if we win a lot of games, we're right there to win the Big Ten. We maybe just don't do it. But we get a high seed in the tournament. And we get into the tournament. And we're playing the, a certain way while we're there because we understand it. They're able to get deeper into the tournament. That's what he's looking to do. Brad Underwood's our coach. This is great for Illinois. Um, I'm excited for both sports. And I'm sorry there's tons of sports in Illinois. I'm super excited, Coach Bielma and the football team, for football. 
and I'm super excited for best ball. I don't know when's the last time we all could sit here as Illinois fans and say we're excited for football, and we're also excited for basketball in the same year. It's crazy, and you see Brad Underwood and Coach Bielma out in the communities talking to people together. They communicate. Um, our new women's basketball coach, they're communicating. So it's just great to see all the coaches start to get on board for the U of I. So hopefully it just turns into winning, it turns into championships, it turns into a team that the community and all of us fans should be so excited for. It's, it's, a, it's a fun time to be a U of I fan. Uh Right there, if you're watching there, it's a a great time. Hopefully, I get some Illinois coaches. I had Coach Bart Miller on the offensive line coach trying to get him back on. Reaching out to some U of I coaches. We can't get them on here and talk to them. I think that'd be fantastic. So if anybody out there knows how I can get in touch with some of the football coaches and basketball coaches, send them my way. Um, Thank you guys for watching and or listening. Please make sure you're hitting the like button, subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Follow all the social media ones. Um, it's all in the description. But make sure you're liking and subscribing. That's the big one. Please leave a review on iTunes, Apple, or you listen to your podcast app. Um, check out all the affiliates in the description below. Again, check out Belly Up and all that other all other good stuff. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Hope you guys are having a great Memorial Day weekend. Stay safe. And I will see you guys next time. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.